Hello, and welcome to the XNMO Wine Co. podcast. I'm David Clark. The purpose of this podcast is to document the stories in South African wine. We are interested in how we got to where we are today and where we are going tomorrow. Thank you very much for joining us. XAnimo Wine Co. is a wine distributor based in Cape Town. Please go to our website, xanimo.co.za, for more on what we do. Or should I say what we normally do? The ANC government, led by President Ramaphosa, has in their wisdom decided to reinstate the ban on the sale and movement of wine. Exports are still allowed. And has also reinstated a curfew from 9pm every night. So we cannot sell wine at the moment. So if you find this podcast valuable or you would like to support us in this time of turmoil, please consider buying an XNMO Wine Co. trucker cap, pictures of which can be found on our Instagram page. They're 300 rand each, including delivery to anywhere within South Africa. Today on the podcast, we have Kurt Moore, CEO of Salba, the South African Liquor Brand Owners Association. According to their website, their sole objective is to represent their members who are manufacturers and distributors of liquor products in the liquor industry of South Africa on issues of common interest. Their members include an extensive list of heavy-hitting liquor industry stalwarts, DGB, Meridian, Vinimark, Destel, Pernod Ricard, Diageo, Stellenbosch Vineyards, KWV, Origin, Spear, and the list goes on. When I contacted Kurt and asked him to be on the podcast, he needed very little convincing. We quickly arranged a date and time, and there was only a very short window of time in which to conduct this interview. And I sent him a list of questions that would be asked. These questions were primarily concerned with Selba's current and future responses to the government's current regulations around the sale and movement of liquor. The narrative in all previous communications I had seen from Selba on this issue had been one of wishing to partner with government, wanting to work with government. In their latest press release, they stated that they had not been contacted or consulted by government in the run-up to the latest regulations coming into effect, nor had any of their salvers requests for an audience or communication from government been responded to. I wanted to know at what point would Salba's plan of action change? When did litigation or protest become a more effective options? I did not like the answer. I give you Kurt Moore. I'm here with Kurt Moore, the CEO of Salba. Hi, Kurt. How are you? I'm very well, David. I hope you're well. Yeah, I'm well. In the, um, I'm, I'm as well as can be expected, given the, uh, the current circumstances. <laughs> Kurt, um, maybe for those who don't know what Salba is, maybe give us a brief explanation of what Salba is and uh, what they do and how they're funded. David, yes, thank you for the opportunity. Um, Salba is a trade association that represents manufacturers, distributors, and importers of alcoholic beverages. Um, Included in our member base are South African stalwarts such as Distel, DGB, and KWV. But we also represent some multinationals. Uh, I included there are Diageo, Campari, Perino Ricard, as well as Heineken. Then if you focus on on, on wineries, from a winery perspective, uh, we also have members such as Spear and Accolade Wines, as well as Stellenbosch Vineyards. And our, our role is one of protecting our, our members' rights to trade responsibly. We, we engage with, with government on, on regulations that impact on our members, and the current regulations relating to COVID are a perfect example of where we uh, intervene on behalf of our, of our members. We also engage with government on taxation, so assisting our members with uh, excise tax and, and engaging with the government uh, 
to have uh, when excise tax is being implemented. And then lastly, we've also focused on illicit trade because that is unfair competition. And we work closely with the authorities and law enforcement to try and curb illicit trade. We are a nonprofit organization and we are funded by our members. Okay, and how does that funding work? Is it a, uh, a voluntary um, uh, uh, annual fee or is it by, worked out by um, uh, turnover or what's the, how does that work? Yeah, it is, we are a voluntary trade association, so our members' fees are voluntary, uh, paid on an annual basis, and it is loosely linked to, to market share. So the bigger players make a, a larger contribution to, to our overhead costs. Okay. And your, um, your members seem to be all very large businesses, or as you say, multinationals. Do you represent any small um, producers? Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, we do represent some wineries. Uh, like I said, we represent Spear wineries. We also represent uh, Anthony Rupert wineries. Um, so, yeah. They're all very large wineries. I was just talking about if there's any smaller wineries or is there, is there a... I'm just wondering why there's no small um, wineries as members or is it... Uh, is it you just focus on the um, the guys with economy of scale? Uh, yeah, I think if you if you if you look at it from from that perspective, the smaller wineries tend to be represented by by Vinpro uh, because Vinpro represents, as you know, uh, the wine farmers as well as some of the sellers. Okay. All right, perfect. Um, and what's the current stance from Selba? Or how are decisions made in Selba? I mean, if, if there's obviously a membership base um, and you're the CEO. Uh, uh, is, there, is there a sort of a board that, um, that meets and, and determines what's, what the stance and what the plan of action is? Yes, we have an executive committee, or EXCO as we refer to them, yep. um, who helps frame our, our strategy and takes decisions on, on the way forward. We try to work by consensus. I think any trade association, uh, a voluntary trade association at, at that, if you don't take the views of the majority of your members, um, you could lose membership. So uh, we try to operate by, by consensus. And what's the current stance from Selba uh, in regards to the, uh, the regulations passed down on the, on the 12th or 13th of July? I've got your, um, the media release here, um, but I just wanted to maybe get you to speak about what the, the current um, stance is from the Selba's, specifically Selba's uh, perspective. Well, obviously one of disappointments that the ban has been reintroduced. Our belief is that we should be engaging with government um, as a united industry to address the concerns that government has to contain the spread of the virus. The whole saving the lives narrative is, is important, but we believe just as important is saving livelihoods. That's very important. And you know, the saving livelihoods narrative means we need to try and protect jobs. And, and that's what we're trying to convince government that there are better ways of dealing with the, uh, the spread of the, of the virus and we should look at alternative measures short of the ban to, to restrict the spread of the virus while trying to protect the livelihoods of many, many employees in the sector. And what part of uh, government are you liaising with? 
uh, throughout this process? Well, our primary contact is with the Department of Trade and Industry and, and Competition, but we've also reached out to the to the Office of the President to try and, and, and engage with him. We have been in contact with the Department of Finance, where it relates to finance. One of the um, one of the actions that we've taken in the last week was to request the Department of Finance or the Minister of Finance to consider a deferment or further deferment on, on excise taxes that would just give our members some, some breathing room as we're not allowed to trade and there'll be no income until the ban is lifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, uh, what responses have you got from those, um, those three departments so far? Have you, well, have you had much back or has it all been one-way traffic? Um, we, we haven't had a response to our application for deferment of, of excise taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, during the previous lockdown, the minister did make an announcement that um, excise would be deferred. So we're hoping he would consider the current application favorably. Um, we're still waiting on feedback from the president's office, uh, but we haven't been sitting back waiting for uh, waiting for the president to respond. We've been trying to in, engage with his office, and and essentially what we we've, we've looked at doing is, we believe that uh, we need to form a, a, a greater alliance. So we've joined forces with um, industry associations such as Finpro, um, BASA, the Beer Association of South Africa. We've even um, joined forces with the Taverners Association and other retailers in the sector. Um, to approach government and to try and find a, a workable solution. Uh, this industry that we, we represent has a very wide and deep value chain. We've also been speaking to the glass industry um, because 80%, according to our calculations, about 80% of the glass that's produced in South Africa is for the alcohol industry. So. If the alcohol industry is banned or we are not allowed to sell, it has a direct impact on on our suppliers as well. Um, Our calculations is that we're probably responsible for around about 950,000 million jobs in the sector. Uh, Our calculations are that during the previous lockdown, we lost about 117,000 jobs. And within the context of a South African economy that is really struggling prior to, to COVID with high unemployment rates that we should be doing more to, to protect jobs mm. in our sector and, and in our economy in general. You said that um, you've been liaising with the um, Department of Finance, um, Office of the President, but also the um, Department of Trade and Industry and Competition. Have you had anything back from them? We've had some engagements with the Department of Trade and Industry and, and Competition. Yeah, um, I think, and and if you go back to the the president's speech, I think it was on the seventeenth of June. Government has highlighted their concerns about increase in the trauma units of or um, a strain on on our, our trauma units. Government has spoken to issues such as drinking and driving, gender based violence, and working with the industry association aware. Um, that focuses on, on alcohol-related harm and the education that's associated. Uh, and the education 
of, of, of consumers about the dangers of alcohol abuse. We're trying to engage with government to, to discuss how, we, how best we can deal with these, with these issues. Um, you know, drinking and driving, we've come up with some proposals to try and address the concerns that government has and put in some, make some suggestions on practical uh, measures such as assisting with alcohol evidence centers so that we can help government with its enforcement initiatives. Gender-based violence is another area where AWARE is looking, looking at programs, but these are all um, broader societal issues that is going to require more than just an industry effort. It's going to require, require government. It's going to require uh, society in general to get involved and to try and change that, that negative narrative um, and, and we want to engage with government to form what we're calling a, a social compact, a compact with government that tries to address the concerns that the government and the president in particular has, has raised about alcohol abuse. And I think that's, that's the way we believe best to, to go forward is to, engage, is to engage with government. So do you think it might be a, a is it a policy issue, i.e. the wrong policy, or is it actually a policing issue, i.e. The, um, that the current regulations haven't been enforced historically? I think the way to deal with the challenges, let's take them one at a time. Um, drinking, and, drinking and driving um, is, is to improve enforcement. That probably is where, where we need to start. Um, in my view, I don't think that we need to change our, our laws or, or the policy around that. Um, we need to improve enforcement, uh, which will act as a deterrent to, to others who are considering drinking and driving. Yeah. And like I said, we want to have practical solutions. Um, would, would, that not, would, would that not apply to all parts of, uh, of the society's interaction with alcohol in South Africa, though? in terms of um, better enforcement of the, of the policies and laws already in place? Um, would that not uh, curb some of the misuse of alcohol in, uh, in society? I think that's a fair comment in, in, respect, of, um, in respect of drinking and, and driving. There are, there are some laws, um, and if you look at the laws that we have in place, they, they're mostly aligned with, with other jurisdictions, um, and it will require better, better in enforcement. Um, and I think yeah, in, in general, we agree that perhaps let's focus on in enforcement rather than, than making policy changes. But you know, the other, the other areas such as, as, as gender-based violence, which, which are more complex that, um, yeah. as I said, will require a societal intervention. Um, you know, there, there are many, um, there are many problems that we face in society. Um, alcohol plays a role in some of them, but not in all of them. And how do we deal with that as a society? How do we get consumers to um, interact more responsibly with, with our product? We certainly believe that there is um, a, a basis for more education and to uh, support government in educating consumers um, but you know, as I said, it 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 is a societal challenge um, and and one which we, we need to address jointly with with government and society. It seems that at the moment that um, 
that uh, want to to support government is only a one-way street. I mean, it doesn't seem like government wants to support uh, Selva and its members, all the stakeholders in the in the industry. At what point does Selva go down a different route to interact with government, rather than through requests for responses and generous nods to to work in partnership or support? I think we'll we'll continue exploring this diplomacy option to try and get government to the to the table. What makes, you the previous think, what, what, what makes you think that they're going to all of a sudden start responding to requests previously ignored? Well, I'd certainly hope that the um, the economic argument that we're placing on, on the table about the jobs that are potentially on the line and, and the livelihoods that we're trying to, to save uh, will will have will bring government to the table. We had discussions, a very constructive discussions with them prior to to the previous lockdown. We sit. Was that with the as, as, was that the DTIC or that that was with, that was with the DTIC? Yes. Okay. Um, so you know, we'll we'll continue ex- exploring those those options, um, trying to trying to work with government. I mean, there there are there are other options, but we haven't yet got to the point where we're considering our our legal options. Yeah. You know, I think what, what, I don't want to get. What what point? I don't do you think that will be. I mean, when when if if nothing changes, at what point will uh will will the legal option be the only one left to you? Because uh, it seems like it's uh, your seems like it's your last choice. That would probably be the the last choice, um, yeah. and you know I don't want to get into the merits and demerits of of a legal application or, or, or a court case because I'm sure there are other uh, better legal minds that are applying their applying their minds to to this challenge. But you know if 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 we look just at how you how soon you could potentially get to court, you know then. I'm, I think my personal view is that a court application that you may be fortunate, even on an expedited basis, to have heard towards the end of August and, and uh, perhaps even September is a long way off. And, and our best bet is to try and, and engage with, with government. Do you think government's going to, going to listen to a series of uh, communications or they're going to pay more attention to a, uh, a, uh, a, a, some legal proceedings? I would have thought that the latter, even if it, if it does take a while and it's caught up in red tape, it seems like um, that's the only thing that the government listens to. That and, that and uh, physical protests. At what, I mean, is that an option as well? Peaceful protests. Peaceful protests, I, again, um, we are a consensus-based organization. Those are the type of things that I would take to my ex going to see yeah. whether or not we would, we would go down that so, route. So that hasn't been discussed? But, you know, it, that hasn't been discussed right now. Um, yeah. But, you know, if you, if you consider, you know, in terms of, of, of legal actions, you know, the moment you start ending up in these whole sub rules, government can turn around when you've, when you've proceeded with legal action, can say, well, you know, we're not prepared to have a discussion with you anymore because our lawyers are dealing with this and your lawyers are dealing with this. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that, was, that was kind of my point. That was kind of my point. If they've stopped talking to you, then surely the legal route is the only one, the only diplomatic path left. So at what point 
does their silence say that they no longer want to interact on a um, diplomatic level? Like I said, David, we're going to continue ex exploring that. And at some stage, I guess I'll have to sit with my members and, and, and make that decision. Um, we are a consensus-based organization. We try and get consensus. So I'd have to get the majority of my members to, to, to consider that. But I'm also part now of, of a broader alliance with, with ASA and, and Vintro, as well as uh, retailers. Mm -hmm. And I think we'd, we're in this together, so we'd have to make that decision together. Okay. Um, well, thank you very much. Is there anything else that you want to um, uh, let people know on the, like, uh, uh, in the industry about what Selva's doing and, uh, or perhaps what, what the industry can do to, uh, to help um, minimise the, the, the government's um, stance on this? Nothing that I can think of right now, David, no. Kurt, thank you very much for, for this conversation. I know you're a busy man and you've got lots of uh, requests, so I appreciate your time. Okay, thanks, cheers.